I, I just meant freestyle in general. I twist you, but go ahead. Oh, I would. There's no doubt about that. Did y'all hear that? He didn't know I was recording. Oh, I, that's, he you, thinks you he can, can out freestyle me. Oh, I can. There's no thought required. No, seriously, there's no thought required. I'm a writer by nature. I love lyrics. I I would, okay. and I know freestyle isn't about writing in advance, but I can come up with the stuff that quick. It's not a question. So there's no thought required. No thought required. Okay. Sounds like your first album. Uh. But uh, yeah, we'll figure it. We'll figure that out. We might have to do an episode that's the freestyle episode where we freestyle the issues in the world today. Okay. Because you be hearing the slang that the Wu Tang say. Are you trying to get me to add to that? <laughs> no, no, no. If we're gonna do that episode, let's do the episode. Let's do the episode. All right. Listen up. We just wanted to take a moment. Uh, tune in with each and every one of you to say thank you for all your support. So many people who have, who have uh, mm. uh, actually taken the time to listen to our initial kind of podcast. Uh, we truly, truly appreciate all of the words of encouragement. Um, and, we're, and we're looking for more of it. Um, please like, share, subscribe. Um, even if you are watching the YouTube, take a moment to subscribe on our actual uh spotify as well and to the other uh, sites that we have coming out chris what would you add no i think um not only do i do i love what the podcast is about i actually love it regardless of who the two people are behind it meaning we don't do a great job marketing us i think you said that in one of the podcasts yeah. but what we're really marketing is listening to understand what we're really marketing is having conversations about conversations in a deeper way than people typically have them getting out of what you would call sort of not opposing is supporting and not supporting is opposing. So I really appreciate people's desire um, and uh, how they're showing up in that desire to listen to uh, two people who are having pretty open discussions about things that a lot of people simply aren't comfortable talking about. Cause that's the only way we get to change. Yeah. Definitely. The change. only way, only way through communication. I mean, even if I think about what's in the news today, uh, I'll just tell you something I read this morning. That's today was supposed to be the day, or actually yesterday was supposed to be the day that um, uh, President Trump was uh, indicted. Mm -hmm. well, sensitive topic, uh, although not so sensitive that most people just have either one V or another, either he should be indicted and I can't wait to see him in prison or every, it's all a sham and everybody's just going after him. Even conversations like that, there are things that people can and should have conversations about that are more than just one or the other. Like everything you hear about in the news, you read about, um, could have a lot more depth where we would actually get to understand and change hearts and minds if we had the interest in doing so. And by we, I mean sort of the general public. Yeah. I look at every conversation, every topic as an opportunity um, uh, to influence a little change, but also to invite change for myself. Like, can I really embrace the perspective of, of another? Do I have what it takes to stand in that uncomfortable space and actually hear what another person has to say? Um, can I trust them enough and therefore trust myself enough to be in that space? Cause it really does. You, you gotta have a, a bit of confidence, uh, that, uh, you know, 
tolerating this discussion doesn't change me unless I want to change. And what strikes me about what you said is, uh, and no specific topic in mind, just this idea that a lot of people have told us, oh, I'm comfortable in this space. They've taken our training, for instance. Oh, you know, I can do this kind of work. But what, what, the, what they really find, not even us, what they really discover is they're comfortable in the space as long as the space is exactly what they think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, people who say to us, uh, I'm comfortable talking about that issue because I already know where people are coming from. But you sort of ask, do you know where people are coming from and who's the people you're talking about? And if what you're going by are sound bites on Twitter or on comment sections of articles, do you really think that's where people are? And have you tried to unpack that? Yeah. And if you think you know where they are, how does that impact your ability to see where they truly are? Uh, to feel where they feel they are um, and to guide them based on those coordinates. And something else I've heard you say, and I'll turn this over to you. In some cases, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. We believe we know who people are, and by people, I mean groups of people. And so in some cases, that's just who they are, meaning even if someone or a group of people have more depth, if all they're ever done is put into a box, put into a bin— the only thing you're going to see is exactly what you think you know about them. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it will be the catalyst uh, and the determining factor as to whether they show up in a conversation at all. So for us, it's, you know, if, <laughs> it's like validation, you know, like, it, you know, it might feel like validation. Well, I, I knew you weren't going to say anything uh, anyway, but you weren't going to listen if I spoke to begin so I stopped speaking. Uh, you know, we often tell organizations that one of the first signs that you're having, you're making a breakthrough in your culture, that the culture is changing, is an increase in complaints. Right. And that's scary for some. You know, it's like, what, 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 wait a minute now. I thought, I thought this was something good. Of course, it, it, it is something good. When people complain, they trust that something's going to happen. They trust that someone's willing to listen. They trust that someone's open to understanding. If none of those things exist, why would I complain? Why would I talk? Why would I speak up? Why would I voice my opinion? No one's going to listen. No one's going to try to understand. And no one's going to do anything about it. It's why, and you've said this before, it's why the Me Too movement, um, LGBTQIA plus you know, concerns, or, or people you know, uh, coming out Mm -hmm. has been so frequent. And to some it's bizarre because they'll say, well, you're talking about something that happened in 1984. Yeah. Because this year is the first time I believe I have any, any lens of hope that something's going to be done about it. So all of this is again, an appreciation for those who listen, those who follow. And we've had a lot more, I think than I thought we'd have at least the first time around who are willing to at least start changing their lenses. To at least start saying, if what we want is change, and we've done the same things year after year after year, had the Mm -hmm. same complaints time and time again, one of the only ways to get there is to change our lenses. Uh, Just an example that I'd love to hear your thoughts on. I mean, I've heard these before, but I think people could benefit from it. One of the biggest sort of uh, breakthroughs we tend to have with people who are willing to just look at something differently is when someone drops the word toxic. 
Mm. Right. You ask people to describe their culture and a high percentage of people automatically go to toxic, but you're able to sort of explore with them where they're coming from when they say it's toxic and to help them sort of differentiate toxic people from toxic cultures. Cause at the end of the day, everybody and everything is toxic except me, whoever the me is. Can you talk about that a little bit? Cause when you talk about it, people really sort of perk up and they're like, okay, I've never heard that sort of perspective. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's it, just a bill. It's, it's, it's not just me. That's not toxic. Uh, I'm not toxic. It's we, we aren't toxic. They are. We aren't toxic. The culture is. We aren't toxic. The organization is. Well, who is the organization? And who is the culture? What is culture? Culture is a collective regard and social norms. So for our culture to be toxic, our collective regard, the way we feel about the organization, the way we feel is toxic. (laughs) And then also, you know, our social norms, our behaviors, what we expect, what we protect, what we reject, what we expect of ourselves, of others, of our seniors, of our subordinates, of our peers is also therefore toxic. If those two things aren't true, then what you may be talking about is toxic individuals. But toxic individuals don't make a toxic culture unless the, that toxicity, the toxicity of the individuals begin to spread and multiply so that the culture then becomes a reflection. But who has a choice in whether that spreads or not? And this isn't, you know, what I love about how you always describe it. It's just not a gotcha. We're not telling people you're wrong. We're right. It's if you believe the culture is toxic, it's literally factually going to influence whether you think anything is going to change. And frankly, it prevents your HR, you know, your human resources, your CEO, your COO, whoever, you know, senior leadership, EEO. It prevents them from actually focusing on who and what is toxic. There are toxic people. But if everything is fruit of the poisonous tree, no one is actually poisonous. That's correct. And if we believe that we're toxic and we believe there is no change, then what steps are we going to take? How does that affect our actions? How does, how does that affect what we are willing to do, what we're willing to see, what we're willing to say? To the point of self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, yeah. Then, of course, it's toxic. Why? Because things are happening all the time and no one's doing anything. Okay. So you said things are happening. When you say things are happening, tell me a little bit about that. Oh, this happened over here, that, and, and, and how do you know, you know, what informs that perspective? I saw it for myself. Okay. So you saw toxic things happening. And then... uh, You're saying the culture is toxic. What, what did you do with what you saw? Oh, I didn't do anything. Okay, help me understand. Well, I know nothing's going to get done. Well, how do things get done when people don't know what needs to be done? But if you don't believe that change is possible, you're not going to lean into the change. You're not going to be a part of it. You got to see it, see it as a problem, see it as your problem to solve. What's my role in it? doesn't mean that you are the issue. It just means that if we're going to get to change, we all have to see the potential 
for change in ourselves. And the necessity for change. That's right. right. We're going to talk about a lot of things on this podcast. Um, A lot of things. As you hear what we're going to talk about, you've got to ask yourself, do I believe there's a necessity for change? Do I believe there's a potential for change? And do I see myself anywhere in that change movie? Or is it always someone else who has to change? Because if it's always someone else who has to change, who actually has to change? You did a, um, you were the lead facilitator. I was a lead assessor for an assessment. And this has happened before where almost everyone in the organization says, our team communicates well. It's the other teams that don't. But imagine painting a picture where my team is good, every other team is bad. But if every team thinks their team is good and every other team is bad, who's actually good? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And why don't we see the connectivity? And why 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 aren't these lanes why are what what's happening in between? How can things be good? How can everyone in the organization say that things are good in my section? But then no one in the organization trusts that things are good beyond their section. Better way to put it. How's that possible? And if we look at broader society and some of the topics we're going to be talking about, because we got to line up. I mean, we're going to definitely going to tackle things that are sort of on the fly, things that happen in the moment. But some of the things we're going to be talking about, um, this question of sort of go woke, go broke. Is there, is there a reality to that? Um, well, when, just at a very high level, when you talk about something like that, you got to ask yourself, what do we mean by woke? Who's the we? Yeah. What do we mean by broke? Who's the we? Because here's what tends to happen. People who believe that um, if you go woke, you go broke tend to be labeled as conservatives and they don't want any accountability. They don't want any change. People who are pushing that tend to be people who are liberal, who are saying they just, they just don't want the accountability. And yet, if there's any truth to it, there would only be truth to it if a lot of people, conservatives aside, didn't buy into it. And we're going to talk about that. Because it's necessary to understand sort of what that actually means. But we have to be able to even receive it instead of hearing, well, Vince and Chris are going to talk about go well, go broke. Uh, That word triggers me. I have feelings about it. And uh, my feelings are right. No one else's feelings. Like we have to even just hear words and say, I know what they have meant to me up until this point. Are we willing to listen to them and hear them differently? We very much appreciate you being on this journey with us. We are truly every day trying to change hearts and minds because we are in a place where we talk more and yet we're becoming more divided. And by we, I mean society. We are in a place where if you disagree, it's because you're whatever this label is. If you agree, it's because you're whatever this label is. And it doesn't require any, it doesn't require any sort of leaning in. I, we and we don't see that requirement to to lean in. Uh, we don't see ourselves in it. We can uh, we can gossip. We can send out more negative messages than anything else in the world, and yet our communication suffers because the messages that we pass are on our own. We haven't thought through the way we feel long and deeply enough in order to articulate our own perspective, but we can cut and paste and send. Never have we had, never have we 
have had the level of connection that we have today, the audience that you have today, but then the amount of loneliness that people feel is unprecedented. God, that's such a good point. I've got 2,000 friends on Facebook. Is Facebook defining friendship? What do those friendships look like? Look like how deep do they go? How many? How many of you can say that of all my friends? How many of those friends on Facebook? How many of those friends on social medias have I been to their home? Have they been to my home? How deep does our connection run? And what's the new norm when we talk about we are connected? And how much of that connection is tied to confirmation bias? Yeah. The only people I actually truly want to have any conversation with, the only people who, whose articles I resonate with, the only people who I want to have a conversation with are people who agree with me. Yeah. There's no growth there. But what we'll tell ourselves is that we're not going to put ourselves in a position to listen to or understand someone else because either A, we already think we know them. I don't, I don't need to listen to this person talk about why they're pro this or anti that. I already know. Or I need to watch out for my own mental health. I need to watch out for my own uh, sort of well-being. And so I'm only going to sort of follow and you know, connect with people who I'm already connected with. And we wonder why we're becoming more divided the more we talk. But we'll also complain that culture change never happens. We'll complain that uh, it's just getting worse. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is it getting worse? So if you would, if you were to sort of leave us with with the answer to that question, and sort of we'll you know close out probably with the song of the day. Why is it getting worse? Because as bold as we may be in our copy and paste game, in our uh, meme game, oh, yeah. you know we we tight with it. We got the we got the meme create. We got the gift game. You know I got the gift. There's no gab. There's just gifts. <laughs> Send them out. And we say that that represents what we feel, but we can't really articulate the why. We've been in a ton of organizations that say, you know, there's so much room for improvement, but when you ask them, what would we improve? Oh, yeah. They struggle to answer the question. It's like we're afraid to say we're not for a cause because we don't want to appear that we're against the cause, but then we're not close enough to the cause to understand it enough to be a part of the impact that affects it. Which is why we can't say what actually needs to change. That's right. Can't, you can't speak to it. Yeah. We just, I mean, I think we can all get better when we say better. What, what is it we would improve? Well, you know, the way we, uh, I think the way we communicate could be better. Okay. And so when you say the way we communicate could be better, what would we improve in our communication? What makes it less than what it should be? They got no substance to that argument. Or it's one-sided substance. It's all what everybody else needs to do. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a group of people where 50% of them will say, Y'all need to X, and the other 50% will be y'all need to X. And then once that happens, 
people shut down, maybe not literally, but any hope for change shuts down because there's no listening to understand why the other person said or why the other group of people said whatever they said. We appreciate you being a different audience for wanting something more than, I'll just say the same old, same old. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what is your song of the day, man? I'm going to go with... Uh, hmm. Oh, I was curious. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to go with Red by Taylor Swift. Taylor's version. Taylor's version. Thank you for supporting Taylor's version. Uh, I'm going to go with the next concert we're going to, which is March 27th, Bruce Springsteen. I'm going to go with Darkness on the Edge of Town. March 27th, I'm going to see Bruce. Uh, yeah. So uh, and we yeah. will see y'all. Go ahead. No, I was going to say he actually has a you're going to tell oh. about my French bulldog named Bruce Springsteen. I have two Frenchies. One is Bruce Springsteen. One is Regina Spector. Um, absolutely. Uh, uh, and we will see y'all when we see you. Uh, this is a recurring thing. Again, some of it's planned. We have a set of topics. Some of it's, it depends on what's happening in pop culture or culture in general. Some of it's going to be work-related. Some of it's not. Some of it's going to be tied to what you say. Uh, so talk you about got a, that. Yeah. You, got a, you got a topic you want us to talk about? You got something that's bothering you, you want to hear it discussed, uh, we'd be glad to take it on. So feel free to communicate that. But we got a number of things on the table, and we're going to basically schedule uh, so you can expect when the drops are going to happen. Um, but at the same time, we're going to reserve the right that if something pops up, we can also kind of do an impromptu just to kind of address it. Um, however, you know, we want to do that with the collective in mind. So um, you are the collective. Uh, We're listening to you as you listen to us. And if you say, you know, based on this thing, it'd be very interested to hear your, the perspective of you, Chris and Vince, the perspective of Veritas culture on this issue. Um, We, we got you all the way. That's what we're here for. I got nothing to add to that, man. Thank you all. We'll see you on the other side. Of course, we had to do the military salute. Of course. I mean, one of us. <sighs> Vince trying to throw a dig, trying to no, get me to reply. I, say, I was just saying one of us is sitting on the left side and the other one's on the right. I don't understand. Uh, and, See, and there's no, uh, I'm not supposed to read into the word right versus the word left. Okay. Yeah. By the way, Vince is on the right side. And I don't mean that in terms of who's right and wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, Eric. Thank you.